Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luang, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Okay, we are going to share together from the scriptures and the title for our message is The Church and its aim. The church and its aim. The church of Jesus Christ and its aim, but in particular, the church, the Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, aim. What is it that God intended for the church? Most of us, we are part of the church, but in our behavior, we are against the church. You know, we have a saying in English, where they say, actions speak, or actions speak louder than words. Sometimes you don't need people to tell you, but their behavior clearly tells you they are not with you. Or they are with you. The book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible tells us how can the two work together unless they are agreed. So even with us, in our life endeavors, there must be a name. And as the church, we have a name. There's something that Christ when Christ came, he gave it to us. And uh, when we talk about the aim, this we learn that the great countries in the world, the great military countries in the world, the Americans and the British and uh, as well the Russians have got one aim in their military. We've been teaching on warfare during their, uh, their plans for military. And they have one aim and the aim is a principle that will keep everything going. So we said the selection of the aim and the maintenance of the aim is the number one principle for war. In other words, for the church to be able to move forward, we must have one thing. I'm very delighted that our vision is very consistent, that we exist to evangelize and worship the Lord Jesus Christ in his totality. That's it. So when we say to experience his life, his death, we are trying to explain that one line. And this is the challenge that we want to bring to you to say, there is a name that when God, in his infinite wisdom, sent Jesus Christ on earth, there was only one thing in his mind. And that thing that was in his mind, it was you. It was the soul of man. And as a church, the church doesn't exist to make you rich. Jesus didn't come here to make you rich. And I think the church has missed its purpose that... Uh, I like, we went to a wedding yesterday, and I like the statement that was said. Somebody said, somebody, I think it's uh, Mrs. Mashaba, who said, somebody used to sing a song, he's a pastor, who said, marriage is not heaven. And sometimes people in the church miss the point to think marriage is the greatest thing. Marriage is by the way. I said marriage is by the way. It's not the main focus. And sometimes people will look at that and because of the new age teaching, uh, the attack against the church, most of our people who are married, they think they've come to heaven. This, this is the ultimate that a man has. This is not the ultimate. So today, we are talking about the aim, and we are saying the selection of the aim, and the maintenance of the aim, is the number one principle of war. This we find in the Good General, written by Bishop Doug Howard Mills, and it's a very good read. If you don't have the book, I'll encourage you 
to get one for yourself. May the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. You must select the aim and keep working at it. I was saying to some of our leaders, we've been winning souls ever since I know our church. I can tell you the first prophecy, prophecy in the church, we were in Esalen Street and we've been working on soul winning. And that's why sometimes I said, if one was to blow the shofar one day and shout Aliyah, some churches will be empty. They are great speakers. They have great, uh, maybe, activities in the church, but they don't win souls. They can gather the people, but they've missed the purpose. The church doesn't exist for us. It exists to fulfill the call of God. Amen. Our aim is to make sure that the great commission comes to pass upon our life. Hallelujah. So we direct all of our efforts to this one objective that the Lord Jesus Christ came for. Our aim is to build Christ-centered churches through the home cells and uh, for us to be able to build uh, uh, home-centered churches through the home cell, we have to have the same aim that we have had and that Jesus has had before. May the Lord have mercy. Jesus gave us the mission and the objectives of the church. Can we read together the book of Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20? And it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May the grace of the Lord be with us. God is committed to the aim to go to the world. Can you tell your neighbor, God is committed to his aim that we go to the world. We are what we are because other people sacrificed and understood that the call of the church, the call of Jesus Christ, the call of Christianity is one thing to share the gospel, to reach other nations. John chapter 3 verse 16, that's where the church revolves. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have an everlasting life the patterns and the attitudes that we have developed is that when you are working the main the main drive is just to live and be comfortable and hope you never have problems ever after and then die a peaceful life unfortunately life is not like that the church revolves around john 3:16, and as jesus gave us the aim of the church to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John 3.16 gives us a very clear picture that God has loved the world. God did not send his Son to make us, to make us rich. Can you tell your neighbor, God didn't send Jesus to make us rich. The Bible doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he made them rich. Or does it read that way? But it seems in the church, that is the main, main drive. You know, part of the things that we will push for is self-actualization. Maslow hierarchy of needs. If I can be the top dog, then I'm the dog. No. That, that is not the call of God for the church. 
The call of God for the church, it says, God so loved the world that he sent his son that you may have a nice life. That's the Bible says so. Huh? That you may have a nice life, that you may be at peace with your husband, that you may be at peace with your children. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, if, if you, you love your life, you love your wife, your husband, and all, it says you lose your life. Your love for the Lord cannot be compared. And therefore today, as we come before the Lord, and as we look into where we are going as a church, we have to understand that the greatest call of God upon your life is to fulfill the call of God, which is the Great Commission, where he says, go. What is it that you are doing for the Lord? What is it as a church that we are doing for God? God did not send his son so that we can be comfortable. You come to church, we must nest you, you must be happy because we sing nice songs. Somebody says, oh, I come to church, they sing nice songs. You are missing the point. The song, they are meant to lead you to the Lord. Not to entertain. We are not doing entertainment. Is that fine? We are not coming to you. Somebody says, oh, pastor, when you crack the joke, I feel, you know, that's what makes me to come to church. And I say, no, the joke is because we say hard things. So to make it come down, we make you to laugh so that when you get home, you think seriously about it. But it's not meant that you come to church to be entertained. Jesus didn't die so that we can be comfortable. Christianity is not what we think it is. Sometimes, as we look into the governments of the world, they are turning their tide against Christianity and allowing everything else. You will soon realize that your choices will be very few. You are either going to preach the gospel or live a permissive life and just want peace and not bother anyone. You need to go to Nigeria, the northern part of Nigeria, you will realize what we are talking about. That people are being slaughtered and killed. For what? For their faith. People are being tortured for their faith. And part of it is specifically because we ourselves have decided uh, we don't want problems. We just want to be comfortable. The aim of the church, the aim of the Lord, the aim of God to send Jesus was to win souls. And that is the call of the church. That if you are not in the soul business, then the church is losing its meaning and its purpose. Praise the Lord. Somebody was saying, oh, I've come to church, they prayed for me, I did not get healed. Let me tell you, even some of the greatest prophets die sick. That's not the call of God. Uh, uh, the healing is a byproduct. When, when you marry as husband and wife, we expect children to be there, isn't it? But it does happen, children are not going to come. And I always say to the men who propose when we marry them to say, did you look at your wife's waist and say, I think you have a great womb. I want to marry your womb. Will you allow me to have children with, with your body? That, that's not the question. We fall in love and we say, I love you. I want to spend my life with you. So if children don't come, it doesn't change anything. And it should, children should not be the focal part of the relationship. The focal part is, what, what is the intent of God for us to be together? Are we to make only children? I don't think so. May the Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. John 3.16 gives us that understanding that God so loved the world 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish. None should be lost. None should be lost. No one should perish. Hell is a horrible place for people to go. For God to send Jesus was to make sure that men are redeemed from the destructive elements. And the Bible is very clear. Jesus, when he speaks, he says, Satan has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. His intent is to sabotage everything that God has. Now, the New Age teaching, the Babylonian teaching, the Egyptians' way of life is to teach you that indebt yourself, create an environment... Somebody was looking at the TV, uh, Cosby Show, many, many years ago. He looked at the Cosby Show, a very grown uh, pastor. says, I wish my family was like Cosby family. I said, if you knew, this is a script that somebody wrote. It's an imagination of a man. As if, uh, there's no house like that. Does it make sense? There's no house like that. In every house, we have this nice, we look very nice when you look at us. I was telling the couples yesterday, I said, when they were, when we were at, the, at the wedding, that you have two people who can come hand by hand, yet they don't sleep in the same room. They are even dressed, the husband is putting on a shirt that looks like the dress of the wife. They were in the car, but they are not talking. They, they come to the house, but they are not sleeping in the same place. These are no jokes, are real things. And part of the reason is because people have lost the purpose and the call of God in their life. Why has God put us together? Many times I try and think, just a few days after we married with my wife, that every Sunday afternoon we will go and win souls. Young as we were, Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, we did it. Even today, we are still doing it. Today in the afternoon, we will be here to win souls. And this is the challenge that I want to give to you to say, don't lose the main reason. There is a woman who blessed me yesterday. I think the, the woman is a Baptist woman. I, I said to my wife, this woman reminds me of the people who raised us up in the Lord. They are not complex. They don't know this deep English we have. They know one thing. Why they received Jesus. And the reason why they received Jesus was for others to be saved. Was to, to groom, mature, consolidate others that the work of the Lord will not die. And this is the challenge I give to you to say, as God has blessed us so much, your man Christian church is blessed. Most of us here are educated. The disadvantage of education is that people are thinking it's risky to do certain things. You ask people, oh, can you go to such a place to share the gospel? People say, no, it's risky. I've been telling you in the past days. I said, this church started out of my own uh, cost. I took the bait. I said to the Lord, I will do it. The rent in the city, who paid it? I paid it. Whose money did I use? My money I used. Does the church belong to me? No. Will I take it when I die? I don't think so. Will there be others to continue with it? I think so. Will it still exist as a Do I care? As long as the work continues, as long as the multiplication has happened in the hearts of people, 
God will remain faithful. And this is a challenge I want to give to you to say, in the midst of abundance, joy, fulfillment that we have, we should understand there is only one aim of the church. And it's nothing else. Somebody was talking, maybe the person is here, I don't know. I'm told the story. And somebody who came to our church. And they said they were in a microbus coming to Pretoria. And the young girl said to this brother, Oh, you come from Emmanuel Christian Church? She says, yes. The girl says, I'm coming to your church. Your church, I've heard people get married. I want to get married as well as a young girl. I want to get married. It's a good, it's a good thing to come to church because people get married. And it's true. We have a lot of people this year getting married. Powerful. But if the church exists for you to get married, Sister P, you'll miss your mission for God. You will end up masturbating, buying. I mean, we heard from Bishop Marius. He said, one, one woman said to the husband, I bought myself this, uh, what, did they, what did he call it? He says, I can have sex with myself. He said, you have missed the cause. You have missed the purpose. Why the church exists? It doesn't exist for you. The church has its own life. But that life comes from your life. Amen. 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 So Christianity is built around the call of God upon our life. God loved the world. God loved us so much that he gave his only son. The world, the love of God, the way God loved us, we are always at the center of his activities. And even yourself today, I want to challenge you that allow God to be the center of your activity. You are privileged. You are educated. You have resources. It will be a shame. Sometimes people were asking, it seems like everybody else who is a pastor hasn't gone to school. I said, God, has, these are the last form of defense. I've gone to school myself. I was working for myself. My house, my cars. When I, when I, I, I started the church, I was doing well. I didn't come to church because somebody pulled me or I saw an angel. No. I came to church because I took it as my... And I'm grateful for those who are my fathers in the Lord who were making us to go and win souls. And I felt I've come to the city. There's nobody here. I'm going to start the church. Who's going to fund it? Nobody funded it. I funded it myself because I felt it was something to be done. For you, even just giving a tithe, is a mammoth of a task. You can't appreciate the salvation that has been given to you. You look at it with ridicule. You will even uh, uh, look at us who are ministering with ridicule, as the world does. To be a true Christian, your heart should be full of compassion for souls. Our heart should be for the world. The book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse, verse 8, teaches us that. Ask of me, nations for inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. God sent Jesus Christ into the world to preach the gospel. Most of us, we are like Jonah. You know Jonah. Jonah ran away from the truth. Jonah ran away. Can you look at your neighbor and say, are you like Jonah? One part, the telltale signs. People will keep themselves busy. I'm doing a master's. I'm doing... Uh, better another certificate 
I can't win souls. I'm writing an exam and all of that. I can tell you from my personal experience. The first degree seems to have great meaning, unless you want to be academic. That's why people in the academic don't earn that much money. Yeah, it's true. People will say, oh, I'm doing a master's. My wife was doing a master's. She never slept. She was working. She graduated on time, like a full-time student. When she finished, she broke the records for herself and her colleagues to finish with a record time. Some of the people she was studying with, they were not coming to church. You know, some people, they will even choose their study program to be on their group, group uh, what do you call it, doctor? Study groups. On Sunday, they said to my wife, we will study on Sunday. My wife told them, I'm going to church on Sunday, and it's not negotiable. She said, we'll meet on Friday. They said, we are, no, Friday is entertainment. We're going out on Friday. She says, we'll meet on Saturday. Guess what they said? Saturday, we go for funerals and whatever family things. And so my wife says, my Sunday, I'm not giving. And so they had to settle for Friday. He says, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, it may, it's as well good that I may not participate in the group. I will do my assignment by myself, even though it's, it's a requirement. And at the end of the day, they came, they worked together. Every Friday, they will meet after work, work throughout until late at night, every Friday. And they graduated. She graduated. I don't know if the whole group passed, but my wife passed within record time. She was coming to church to win souls. By that time, Butale was born. Uh, no, no, Tato, Tato was born. Tato was a baby. All of these things happened at the same time. Nothing stopped. When the church, when this church started, I remained focused on the aim. I used to be uh, a trainer, training and development for one uh, investment company in the country. So every week, I was never home. I would be in Cape Town. I will be in Durban. I'll be in Houteng, I'll be in Limpopo, I'll be in Pumalanga, and I'll be outside the country uh, to other nations. And this was my lifestyle. Those who were here in the beginning, during the week I will not be in church. Because I'll be far away from church. Other people will have to do their work. There is no reason for us not to serve the Lord. You have no excuse. You can't use children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. I told you a story of a man who was saying, uh, who was paying tithes when he was earning 10,000 or so. And then when he was promoted, the super promotion, and his pastor was asking, why are you not paying tithes? And he was having problems. The pastor says, he says, pray for me. And uh, he's a Zambian pastor. He laid, uh, Nevers Mumba, he laid a hand on his, this is the story that he told, on his member. He says, Lord, this one cannot contain the promotion. Bring him to his level. Demote him so that he can keep his faithfulness. They said the man jumped and said, no, that's not what I want. And he says to him, what did you want me to pray for? What did you want me to pray for? We pray for your faithfulness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So as a church, as we look forward to the future, Jesus remains the main center. God so loved the world that he gave, that no one should perish, but that all of us should have life. Hallelujah. So God loves you very much. 
there are five points that we prayed about uh, what the focal point for the church that we said intense prayer the work of god cannot go without prayer you must make efforts to pray not only in your private state but in the company of believers the church is not sunday meeting can you tell your neighbor the church is not sunday meeting yes there are other activities during the week we come for prayer we come for cell we do consolidation we are laboring in the midst of the many things we do we remain focused secondly we 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 stay we spoke about intense teaching we sit to be taught we come to church to be taught not to be only stimulated in our head but to be as well touched in our hearts thirdly intense evangelism we've been doing this yesterday people went out to win souls i was told that there was a cloud burst it's rained just immediately after people went out it's very good to be rained while you are winning souls it's a blessing isn't it yeah for some others they look at the clouds this is why the bible teaches us uh, uh, those who look at the cloud they'll never so if you look at the cloud say oh it's that we have a saying in Tswana, that maru hasipula musiko namole you, you can't look at something that you are not even sure. Sometimes they can tell it's going to rain 30%. The clouds might be there and it will never rain. May the Lord have grace upon our life. May we win more souls even today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Intense consolidation. There must be an intent in our hearts to make sure that others who come to the Lord are sustained and kept to stay in the Lord. When you don't know, come. And you'll be taught. All of us, there are things we don't know. We depend on you to teach us. Number five, intense financing. For the kingdom to move forward, it's going to take your finances. Our love towards the Lord is our faithfulness in our giving. Hallelujah. Our faithfulness in our giving. May the Lord have mercy. There are three points due to time. I've jumped some things. But there are three points. That I want us to look at. We want to serve the Lord with our lives and, 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 and give our time. We want to maximize our efforts and win more people for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to plant and multiply our services in all of our churches. This year we have made an agreement and we have agreed in different time frames that every church we are going to multiply the services we have. Here in Arcadia, we have agreed, and we are still going to be talking to some of you leaders that we are going, our intent is to have four services in Acadia. We are bringing back the evening service, and uh, we have uh, quite a number of cells. Some of them are even becoming dormant because there is less activity. So we are going to have more activities so that we can win more souls. Our property can only take so many people. So the only way is to multiply the services and we will be planting new churches as well as we move forward. May you be part of the harvest in the name of Jesus. I said, may you be part of the harvest in the name of Jesus. There is one thing I've realized. Most of you are very powerful, but you have not discovered it. Very powerful. Given a chance, you will change the world. And that is what is in my heart. I said, uh, you will have to prove me otherwise. You will have to prove me otherwise. 
Somebody was asking me, I was talking to somebody from our campus in Midrand. I said, did Pastor Mesh tell you that you will have to hear the project for church planting? He says, no, I thought we, we are still going to discuss. I said, there's nothing to discuss. What are we going to discuss? What is there to discuss? You have children now. What is there to discuss? There's nothing to discuss. No, I'm at school. All of us have been at school at some stage in our life. Is it going to sabotage the greater plan and purposes of God? Most of the time, and this I can speak uh, relatively because I worked in human resource. People in private companies, you can bring your master's degree. It's not going to change your salary. Where I worked, you can bring it. It's not going to change your salary. We don't weigh increase by the amount of certificates you have. No, not where I worked. Maybe in government, if you come with a certificate, they'll give you one notch. Say thank you for going to school. And maybe the government responds at it. I don't know. But where I come from, where I worked, you can bring the certificate. We will note it. When we interview people for, for work, we will write the qualification we want. But that's not the main factor. Because the issue you want, the thinking capacity. How do people think? How do people do things? That's what changes everything. The Bible says the race is not to the swift. The fact that you arrive first does not necessarily mean you are going to be the leader. The fact that you are old does not necessarily mean you are going to be given a position. It doesn't work that way. May the Lord have mercy. So make peace. Make peace. Unless, this was, unless you want to be academic, be a lecturer. Then at the university they'll tell you we are looking for this. The world doesn't work that way. The world doesn't work that way. It's just our world. And unfortunately for us Africans, we depend so much on the certificate. We have a lot of engineers. They can't start a project themselves. They have to look for a job. They have to look for a job. You go to school to be expanded, to be grown, to, to mature your thinking, your processes. And you have to learn to take the risk. I always said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I came to church when I became full-time into the church. The church could not pay me. No, I could not be paid. There was no money to pay me. No. I was paid only for the, for the fifth day of the month. Literally, I was never paid. That's why I say for the fifth day. All the expenses of the church has to be paid. After they are paid, I remember one day, uh, after everything was paid, I decided, let me pay myself what we agreed I'm going to be paid. And then the following day, there was something. I had to return the money. And here I am today. There are certain things I do with my own money because the church cannot do. So you have to make up your mind. What is it that really matters? Are you going to allow certain things to stop you? It's good to go to school and it's necessary for us to go to school. We say it's the greatest inheritance any parents can give to a child. It's not the material things that we give. It's not houses that will, will keep your children going. The greatest inheritance that your, your children will be blessed with, your family will be blessed with, is a simple inheritance. And that inheritance is the education that you'll give to them. And this is my encouragement to say, let them go to school. But we don't take children to go to school to find a job. It's only Africans who think that way. 
I want to go to school. Somebody was complaining. says, we are educated now. There are no jobs. I said, who, who promised you jobs to go to school? No. I come from a family on my maternal side. Nobody works. They work for themselves. And I'm grateful because I grew up. I was trained that way. You must do something for yourself. When we wanted to go for school holidays, for me, I was never given 20 rand to go and pay. I remember the first, there were sweets called Woza Woza. We used to buy one, you pay one cent, you get four. There's many days passed. Today, I think a sweet doesn't cost one cent. They'll give me a packet of 144 sweets. And they say, you go and sell. After I've sold, I return their money. And I take the money that I've made as profit to go and buy and from there, until I finished paying, I remember when we went to Deben, part of it I paid myself. They bought me a, a, a box of, of apples. Go and sell the apples. That's when I started. I had to go and stay and sell. From that moment until today, I don't remember my parents buying me clothes. From that moment, when I started working, I was already making my own money. I never depended on my salary. You can go and check my track, my track history. And that's why we say it's unfortunate that the more people go to school, the more they are afraid to step out. May you be delivered from this spirit in the name of Jesus. You must step out. It's better not to go and look for a job and struggle trying to do your own business. You will break through. Than to go and get the job, they pay you 30000 and you will never break through. And then they they make you to buy a car that is expensive, a house that is expensive. The rest of your life, you are paying for these two things. And so you can't be free to serve the Lord or to do anything. May the Lord have mercy. Okay, number one, we are talking about three things. One, the aim of the church is to love Jesus by saving and giving our lives for the kingdom. Simply said, sacrifice. You have to sacrifice more services, more time with God. We are going to do more services, so we are talking more time with God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the labor is your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our work here on earth is to make Jesus. No. First Corinthians 15.8 gives us that understanding that we should remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We have to work some more. We said John 3.16 is a focus, central focus of the work we do. Everybody must find their comfort in the Lord that we are called to do something for the Lord. Secondly, the aim for us is to grow into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and to the works of Jesus. What are the works of Jesus? There are a lot of them. God wants you to be a giant of faith. A powerful person here on earth. God wants you to be a dominant, powerful person on earth. For you to do great things for God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the works of Jesus is to endure the cross. What is the cross? Dying to yourself. Making sure that you don't become priority. Making sure that the work of the ministry continues. Despising the cross, it says it gives us enduring the cross and despising the shame associated with it. Most of the time when you say to people, we're going to win souls, people say, oh me, I can't be seen on the street. The shame that comes with the cross. But there is power in winning souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was saying to the people, you know, people like mocking us, pastors. And I said, do you think it's easy to take offering from people who don't want to give it? How do you think pastors feel every time they take offering? Do you think they feel good? That's why most pastors will never ask for, for an offering. That's why most pastors will live in perpetual poverty. Because they will be afraid to preach that part of the gospel. The gospel can only move forward by receiving offerings from people. But to receive offerings as a pastor, this way a pastor will sit down and ask a junior in the church, hey, Lady P, come and take an offering. If the pastor is intimidated, what will Lady P feel like? Will she be happy when she comes to take the offering? We will be apologizing. And people will be very happy. They are not this church, they don't ask more money. No. For the church to move forward, I was saying to somebody, they were complaining about one church. Oh, they are taking a lot of money. I say, no. That church, its it bills are too high. You are too many who are coming there. And most of you are not paying the tithe. So, what should the pastor do? Eh? The lights will be switched off. Nothing will work. It's very funny that some of our most successful professionals, they will leave the church when you start to say to them, you know, now God has blessed you, start paying your tithes. Then they will leave and say, black churches, the pastors are too demanding. Wow, when you came here, we were helping you with your university fees. We were not too demanding. Now that the things have turned, the things are demanding. May the Lord have mercy on our people. Hallelujah. So the, the works of Jesus is to enjoy the cross and the association of the shame with it. The works of Jesus is not to live for ourselves, but for others. To study and to show ourselves approved of God. Amen. Thirdly, the aim is to know God. We want to know God. You cannot come to church for you to be made happy. The happiest moment that I found is taking care of others. I, I had many options. There was a time after we moved into this building, it was full of people. It was a great church, but I was in depression. And I said to the Lord, if this is church, I'm getting my CV, I'm going back into business, I'm going to do my own thing. And that's when I got the aim. The Lord says, you are doing things I didn't call you to do. You are teaching motivation. Because I was a trainer, I was doing motivation for all these companies I was running around. So when I come to church, I'll be looking for scriptures to justify this uh, Maslow you know, hierarchy of needs. We teach about those things. We teach about uh, self-actualization. How to self-help. How to self-help. So you teach these this, this principles, then you look for scriptures to support. So it's not like you are preaching the scripture looking for an example. No. You are using what you learn from your work 
to come and teach others. And people will be stimulated. It's only the, the Holy Spirit said to me, you are only stimulating the head. They are not changing morally. They'll continue to do all the things they are doing. They'll become even more selfish. So the aim is to know God. Knowing Jesus is, the, is to possess eternal life. And this we learn from the book of John. John chapter 3, verse, uh, 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 John 17, verse 3. Jesus said, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. John 17, verse 6, it says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given to me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and I have kept them by your word. The reason why we will do this much work in the church is because we want to keep much more fruit. Can you tell your neighbor, I want more fruit. Yes, I want more fruit. Before, I never believed. To have one child is too difficult. One child. One child is too much. To have two children is better. To have three, it makes it easier. To have four, you have a free life. It's true. The more you have, the less you have to take care of. The least you have, the more you have to work to keep the least you have. It doesn't make sense. It's not the worldly principle. It's a divine principle. It's a spiritual principle. Those who have and they don't want to give, they lose everything they have. Those who have more, the more they have, more they will have. We have, we have more churches, we have more people as a church. And the more we will have more people. We can't, we can't mash it, we can't get less. We will be more. Somebody was saying, oh, people are living. I say, everywhere people are living. Did you work for the same job, the same? How many companies have you worked for? Lots. For me, if I count, I never stayed in the company for more than three years. Because I had the goal. My goal was to get more salary. So I knew if I stay, I'm not going to get increase. Because after a certain time, you become part of the furniture. Your bosses, they miss you. They no longer see you. It's true. The new people who come in, they will earn more. But if I move around, uh, my salary gets increased by 2,000, by 1,000, by 500. But it's growing. Am I telling somebody? And then I contain my expenses to make sure that I have more. So sometimes people are thinking, oh, if I have one child, to have one child is more work. The fact that I've got more children today, I don't have to do much. I don't have to do much. My children are taking care of themselves automatically. <laughs> I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about much. I live a very simple life in the church because we've got more members. The members are taking t- care of themselves. I don't have to be with each and every one of you because somebody's with you as well. So the church is growing. The work of God is multiplying. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, having one child is not a good idea. At least three, four. Matthew three, four. <laughs> That's how to grow the church as well. That's how to grow the church. We multiply the church as well by biological. May the Lord have mercy. But 
If, if in the cell you only have two people, you are going to work hard. I'm telling you, I've, I've run the cell for so many years. It becomes difficult. If you don't fight to have five, six, seven, and you make yourself to be one, to work together, when other people are not coming, the other cell members carry their burden with you to say, hey, Mzala, where, where are you? I'm coming to fetch you. The work becomes easier. The more the work becomes easier, the more we become. Your target must be to multiply. Amen? Okay, let me close. We talk about the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is powerful. The name of the Lord brings salvation. The Lord is our salvation. Psalm 116 verse 13 says, I will take up the cup of salvation. The Lord is the I am who I am. The Lord, the Lord becomes that which you want him to be in your life. So, as a, as a servant of the Lord, you have to speak to the Lord. Lord, may I become that which you have called me to be. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. The name of the Lord is our provision. We don't move forward because we have money and we work hard. It's unfortunate. Those who work hard tend to lose the things they work for. Jesus was talking to one young man and he said to him, uh, you must do this thing. And he says, I do all of this. I love my parents. I honor them. I pay my tithe and all of that. And Jesus says, you are doing well. He says, go and give all that you have to the poor. He didn't even say, bring it to me. Go and give it to the poor and come and join me. The Bible says his continence fell because his heart was on the material things. His identity was in the things he has. The house you built, your children will never stay in it. They'll look down on it. Go to your village. Go to your parents' house today. you realize you don't want to stay in your parents' house. It's, it's so ugly. He don't like it. It doesn't fit your standards. It's true. So make peace with it. The Lord is your provision, Genesis 22, verse 14. The Lord is your defender. Have this mind that God will defend my cause. Exodus 15, 3. The Lord will roll away your sin and your reproach. Sometimes people are struggling with their identity. God spoke to Joshua in Joshua 5, 9, and he said to him, the Lord said to Joshua, today I will roll away the reproach of Egypt from you. The shame the pain, the hardship that you have gone to, the ridicule God is promising. Jesus saying, I will take this away from you if you serve faithfully. So the aim is not to know anyone except Jesus Christ. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 2, it says, for I determine, this is Paul, for I determine not uh, to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I pray that this will be your call. Can we bow our heads together as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this morning that it is our desire that the aim of the church, Father, is Matthew 28. For, Lord, you said, go and make disciples of all nations. Father, we pray that may our life revolve around John 3:16. For, Lord, your way teaches us that you loved us so much that you, you gave, you sent Jesus to come and die for us. I pray for each and every man, woman, and child here that, Father, we will understand that, Lord, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. That the aim and the purpose of the church is not to make us comfortable or happy, but is to make us to fulfill the great commission. And in doing that, 
You said, Lord, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things, the houses we want, the wives we want, the children we want, all the things, the wealth of this world that we want will be added unto us. I pray, oh God, that Lord, we will not be deceived by the dictionary of the passing things, but Lord, we will be drawn in by the eternal life. For Lord, you say, to know God is eternal life. I pray, Father, even today for the power of eternal life upon us, that we may know him and Father have fellowship with him. I pray today for each and every woman, man and child that is here, that by the power of your spirit of God, may we come to know you. May you roll away our shame. May you roll away our reproach in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for this. While all eyes are closed and all heads are about, I want to pray together with you. If you are here, you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might look at your life and say, my life is full of shame. My life is pain. My life is hardship. Or things have not gone well. Or maybe your life is flourishing. Everything seems to be working. But Jesus was speaking and he said, uh, I will roll away your shame. I will roll away your reproach. Today you can come to Jesus. The Bible says that all those who received him, he gave them the right to be called sons of God. Today your sins can be forgiven. You can be a child of God. You can be reconciled with the Father. I want to pray with you if you are here today. You say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Bluato with a life-transforming message. To stay connected with us, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel, Emmanuel Christian Church, HOJ.